0: Hello team, I hope that yesterday's tips were helpful and you've started to think about how you can implement some of them and now I want to get into part two and three more things you're likely experiencing and how to overcome them. Number four is that you've got more aches and pains than usual. Most of us didn't have an official office set up ahead of all of this working from home that we were doing or if we did we're now sharing this with a partner and take turns on who's working from the kitchen table and who uses the office. I remember personally using a set of drawers as a standing desk for a long period of the first lockdown in 2020 and if there's one thing that lockdowns have certainly taught us it was to improvise and with that being said our kitchen tables our set of drawers even all that desk that you had in your bedroom was not set up for you to spend hours on end sitting and working from which is part of the reason why you're probably experiencing more aches and potentially postural challenges as well and alongside that apart from the odd bathroom break and maybe a visit to the kitchen every so often there's very little movement us the day. Before you had that walk to go get your coffee, the walks to the meeting room, the walks to go find a colleague you wanted to have a quick chat with, and now we're barely moving throughout the day. And the antidote to this comes once again in three steps. And the first starts with reviewing your work from home space. Could it be more ergonomically designed? Could you potentially invest in a standing desk or a laptop stand that has your laptop at eye level versus you looking down all day? This will make a world of difference to not only your aches and pains, but also your productivity. I recently heard on an Andrew Huberman podcast that when we are looking up or ahead, we're significantly more alert than when we are looking down, which can actually make us a lot sleepier. And I'm sure that we can all resonate with this the times we've been sat on the sofa reading and all of a sudden we start drifting off moments later. So look into your working from home space. It doesn't have to be a sophisticated home setup, although it could be worth investing a little bit into it, especially if you're gonna spend a significant amount of time spent in that position. Same goes for your bed, right? you spend eight hours a night every night and that's why it's a good investment. If you're spending eight to ten hours or more sat at a desk all day then it's going to be a good investment. Next is to build in times of the day where you proactively get up from your desk. If you have an Apple Watch or a Fitbit there will be an option to give you a notification every hour to stand up. I'll be honest I usually ignore mine but it can be helpful or perhaps you even start building in more like five to ten minute breaks. It's not just a case of you moving around but it's a genuine five to ten minute break and rather than sit at your desk and switch from your work screen to Instagram, you stand up, you stretch a little, you move around, you go outside maybe, it will really pay off. And the final step here is to get proactive on the stretching and mobility front. Even with those two points I just mentioned in place, due to most of the things that we do in our life requiring our shoulders to be in kind of that forward position and our body being slightly hunched over, we may unconsciously find ourselves falling into that position the majority of the time. Given a lot of things we do are seated, we may find ourselves with tighter hips than usual, don't wait for this to become a problem before you address it. Maybe joining a yoga class is a good option for you. Maybe just choosing three stretches that you know will help you will be a good option to do before you go to bed every night. This is absolutely one I'm still working on myself and it really impacted my gym performance at one stage. I was just finding that my squats weren't as good, my mobility wasn't as good, so don't let it hold you back. The next is that you're finding it more challenging to switch off. And if I'm honest, this isn't really surprising. We work on associations. When you walk into the gym, your mind and body start preparing for the training session that you're about to have. You walk into the office, your mind and body knows you're about to work. You walk into your living room, you know that you can unwind and relax. But what happens when your living room becomes the place that you relax, you train and you work? It's gonna be tough to separate those things and that's where boundaries and designated spaces come in. If you're always connected to work through your phone or your laptop, it's gonna be almost impossible to switch off. Coming back to yesterday, these tips of determining a shutdown time, this shouldn't mean you're still half logged in. If you're able to, shut down your work laptop, remove emails or work messenger from your phone, whatever you need to do in order to make sure that when you shut down for the day, you are done entirely. And the next step is designated spaces. And you might think I'm a little bit crazy here, but when I work, I only sit at one side of the table. And when I eat, I sit at the other side of the table. I don't have a separate place to work from where I currently am. So this is how I create that separation. I know that when I'm sat in that specific chair, I work. When I sit in any other, Those are my offline chairs. If you can designate one spot and one spot only to where you work, it's gonna be so helpful for creating that separation. Even better if you've got an office, as you can shut that door at the end of the day, and once that door is shut, you are done. And this may seem trivial, but it makes a huge difference. And to add to that, I know a lot of us have embraced the working in pajamas all day vibe, but this is a big one too. And when I go to work, AKA my kitchen table, I get dressed for the day, and I absolutely don't have to, as long as I'm wearing something on the top half, no one would know the difference. But I do anyway, because it allows me to create that association that I'm getting ready for work. And then at the end of the day, when I change into something a little bit more chill, that association with me relaxing and unwinding kicks in. But if you're wearing your pajamas or your chill clothes all the time, you won't have that specific association. And the final key to being able to disconnect is when you are disconnecting, Do things that you have to be present within and that you can't be easily distracted from. I really believe there's a reason why running, skipping and baking got super popular during the lockdown. What's really hard to do when you're running, skipping or baking? Checking your phone. Check in your emails. And for the most part, you have to stay present with all of these. If you can do things after work that you enjoy, but also require your full attention, it will make it so much easier to switch off. And I actually have one final extra point, which is have a switching off ritual. Maybe it's hearing the sound of your laptop shut. Maybe it's closing all of your tabs at the end of the day. Perhaps it's placing your laptop out of sight. Ritualize something that indicates that you're finished for the day and hopefully it will help make switching off a lot easier. And onto the final point, which is that you find your work less exciting. Perhaps your work was always unexciting and now you just have more time to realize this and in a way it could be a good thing. It may lead to exploring different options, it may lead to finding something that does excite you, or perhaps you do still like your work and you want to remain in the industry that you're in. And if that's the case, I would start by looking to the things that we've already covered first and foremost. As let's put it this way, if you have no separation from work from home, no boundaries, you're not feeling productive or effective, you get distracted, you're in physical pain from your work From home setup, that's enough to make anyone feel unexcited. However, I think one of the bigger reasons here is that you're probably not doing much that excites you outside of your work. During the lockdowns, this was a real challenge for the majority of us, and I'm still seeing a lot of people stuck in that same pattern. If you don't have anything exciting going on outside of your work life, it will just feel like work obligations, a little bit of unstimulating leisure time, and repeat. However, if you've got something to look forward to, something that energizes you, something that puts a smile on your face, then you're likely find that that will spill over into your work life too so those are six ways that you can hopefully start to improve your working from home experience you may always prefer the office and the changing environment that comes with it and if you do hopefully that will come soon however if you implement the above your experience from working from home will feel so much better so that's everything from me today team take care and i'll speak with you all tomorrow and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.